You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, good morning and Happy New Year. Good to see you guys here this morning and I'm excited to jump into our Invest series to kind of recap some of the things that we did earlier this year. Also really kind of talk about some of the future things as well. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Romans chapter 12. Uh, We'll be there in just a a moment. Um, As you turn there, as Greg was mentioning, uh, next Sunday, our uh, services will be one service, 10 o'clock, at the Clayton Center at the Maryville College uh, campus. We're so excited about that. This is like one of those um, experiences that will be Easter-esque, epic type days. So... Uh, it's not a day to miss at all uh, from, from a standpoint of the energy in the room and just the excitement of what God's going to be doing. You're going to see people uh, that you've never seen before and you're going to be like, I didn't know you go to our church. And they're going to be like, I didn't know that you go to church at all. And it'll be, it'll be one of those days where you'll just have all kinds of cool experiences. And so um, don't miss that day. Get there a little bit early to make sure you can get there uh, and, and park and, and get to where you need to go. We'll have some shuttles from the back parking lot to kind of help with that. Um, and so just going to be an exciting, exciting day. Uh, make plans uh, to be there. So today, as we start this Invest series, most of you uh, were here. Some of you will say, what is Invest? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, invest is our strategy as a church to raise money to buy property and to build an auditorium. And so the property that is right next door to the church is where we will uh, build an auditorium and, and uh, buy that land. And so uh, one day, we, uh, this past um, uh, semester in the fall, uh, we had a Sunday we called Generosity Sunday. And uh, on that day, um, we uh, as a church gave over $230,000 uh, in, in an initial push to uh, uh, purchase and pursue that uh, vision for our church. And so uh, we've been so excited to have that. And we've been in the process of, of, of getting ready to move forward. Many of you are giving to that weekly, monthly. And uh, so encouraged by that, excited to continue to move forward. I'm going to share a little bit about what that looks like uh, today and then as well next week. But uh, today I really want to look at 2014. And really share some, um, some numbers and some, some, some growth areas of our church that are exciting for us as a staff, as, as, as a group of elders. Um, and just hopefully will be exciting to you to kind of know where we've been um, as a church. And, and uh, next Sunday I'll talk about where we feel like the future of our church is going. And, and uh, so excited to, to share that. So if you're a numbers guys today, you're going to be like, woohoo. And if not, um, I'm going to have to work really hard to keep your attention. But um, I think it's important. This is the present. President every year does the, the State of the Union address, and, and this is kind of uh, my version of the, of the State of the Church address. Um, but before we get into some of that stuff in 2014, I do want to look at Romans 12 because it really sets the stage for who we are, what we want to be as a church. And as we look at what God has done in 2014, I, I want us to be able to, to think of it in terms of what a great church looks like uh, through the lens of the gospel. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, we see a great picture of what the church ought to be, what the church should be. And, and I believe as a result of some of the things we're doing as a church here, um, uh, right here, right now, we're seeing a lot of this take place. And it's the result. Uh, and, and as a result, we're seeing a lot of growth and a lot of great things that God is doing. So let's look at verse 3 of Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> where it says this, For by the grace of Given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Well, so what is he talking about here? As he, as he talks about the gifts that he has given to each of us as believers, he, he makes a comparison that the church is a body. And so we see this comparison made elsewhere in the Bible, and, and it's an important comparison for us to understand because in it, we see how a church should function, how a church should act, how, how a church um, um, ministers to uh, one another in the church and outside of the church into the community. And so I want to mention three main areas here uh, that lead to a great church. And the first that we see here is that we know our strengths and our weaknesses. In verse 3, he says, it's the grace that has been given to me. Uh, from the Lord that, that this grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. So his encouragement here is not to think that you're awesome at, at any one thing or, or greater than, than what you really are. Don't think of yourself too highly. In other words, be humble. Okay, don't, don't think you're awesome at everything. And then he says, I want you to have a sober judgment. So at the same time, I want you to think with clarity about what you're good at, how God has blessed you, what gifts you have. Don't think, don't think you're so awesome and, and you're the stuff, but then also don't think that you're not good at anything. Think with a sober uh, mind when you think through this and, and, and think through it through that lens. Because when I look at the church and, and I hear people talk, I see some people who think they're awesome at everything and think they should be leading and doing everything. But I think the majority of us in this room would probably err on the other side, which is I'm not very good at anything. I'm not qualified to lead. I'm not good at any particular set of skills that would be good for, the, for, for ministry or God's kingdom. And so we kind of view our life in that lens like we're not good enough or we don't have skills. And, and what I think we understand when we read the Bible, when we see this illustration of the church being a body, is that God has gifted each of us. And that it's through that gifting, when we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit gives us a spiritual gift, at least one. Many of you have more than one. And it's that uniqueness and that giftedness that God has blessed you with that you should, you should focus on and use for God's kingdom. Now, I think sometimes we say we're not good at anything. What we need to begin to tell ourselves is it's not that, not that we're not good at anything, but, but that we haven't understood how God has gifted us. And that's kind of the mentality that I want to encourage you to take. And, and having that mentality of, instead of, I can't do anything, it's just that I haven't figured out what God wants, uh, how God has gifted me. And as a result, it should motivate you to discover what that gifting really is. I think sometimes in business, this happens in church life, but, but at work, you're probably good at certain things and you're, you're not so great at some things. And what we usually do is we focus on our weaknesses and we try to get better at the things that we're weak at when I think we should do the opposite. I think we should focus on our strengths and, 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 and hone those and make those even better so that we can add more value into our church, into our, our business life, and even into our family. Because some things that we're not good at, we're, we're never gonna be excellent at. 
And, and if we spend all of our attention on areas of weaknesses, then we don't really develop our giftedness. And so what we do is we spend all this time on becoming a better organizer because we're not good at organization. And then we just wing it in the other areas because we're naturally good at it. We don't have to spend a lot of time at it. And so we're just okay at it when we could be awesome and we could be, we could be doing things far greater than what we even thought we could do if we would just spend some time developing those gifts. And so understanding our weaknesses and strengths are critical as a believer. I think it's part of our responsibility as a follower of Christ to understand how God has gifted us. Why? Well, because of number two here that we see in this uh, passage in verses four and five, that, that we need each other. We've got to understand that we need each other to grow. He says here in verse five, we're, we're one body and there's many members. And there's many members, they don't all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So as a body of believers, we don't belong to ourselves any longer. We belong to a body. We belong to a group of people that we have decided to do church with, to do life with. And so you've committed to Foothills Church. So we are one body and we have different parts and we need each other in order to grow, in order to understand who Christ is in our life, to grow further in maturity uh, myself, but then also as a church, we need each other to continue to meet the needs of the city around us. This is huge. So every believer is a minister. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you're called to be a minister. It's not just the paid staff that should do ministry. Every person who has heart, uh, who has Christ in their life, in their heart, is a minister and has been equipped to, to, to impact other people for the kingdom of God. Every believer has a different part to serve. And that's what's unique about the body. Every body part has a different function and, and role. And, and when we uh, have a body that has every part that's necessary, we're, we're healthy and, 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 and we can accomplish uh, whatever we, we set ourselves out to accomplish. You know, physically, in the same sense, the, the church works together um, as, as we understand that there are different parts and different areas to serve. We understand also that every ministry is important. So what, what, you're, you know, what, what you do on Sunday mornings or what you do throughout the week is vital. It's valuable to the overall health of the church. There's not one ministry that's more important than another ministry. Preaching is an important part of the church, but it's not the most important part of the church. There are so many other things and components to a healthy church that make a church what it is. And, and as we function and move forward as, um, as Foothills Church, we've got to understand that every ministry is important. Now think of it like this. Right now, there are individuals that are watching babies, and I praise the Lord for them. You know, their ministry is valuable because when I'm preaching, I don't have to be distracted by screaming babies or cute little cooing babies that look at me with googly eyes while I preach, and I want to go, oh, that baby. oh wait a minute, I'm preaching. Uh, when somebody's hearing the gospel, maybe for the first time, the Spirit of God is convicting their heart. And maybe they're pursuing this decision in their life and then a baby starts to cry and they're distracted and totally lost train of thought and what, what God was doing in their heart. See, that's huge. That's valuable that we understand that, that even, even watching young children right now it plays a huge part in the overall vision of God's kingdom here. Every ministry is important. Every believer has to work, finally here, every believer has to work as a team. Because every ministry is important, Everyone has to work as a team. Now, what usually happens in a church is that this guy is passionate about one ministry and this guy's passionate about a different ministry. And they, they, they have tension in their life with each other 
Because this guy thinks all the money and all the focus and prayer and attention should go on what he's passionate about. Maybe it's student ministry. This guy over here thinks all the, everybody should be involved in CARM, Knox Area Rescue Ministry. If you really love Jesus, you'd go serve homeless people, he, he would say. And if you really cared about people, you would help the less fortunate. And this guy is on his student ministry. They're the next generation. And so what we have to realize is we've got to work as a team. So budget-wise, financially, uh, sharing volunteers, sharing resources, sharing facilities, working together, realizing that there is one goal, and that is to make disciples that we work towards and, and we work together as a team. As our church gets larger, the tension of, of, of that uh, competition between ministries naturally grows. And so we always have to be on our toes about working as a team together. I'll never forget a couple of years ago, I met with Coach Corals, the uh, football coach at Maryville High School who won a championship again this year. It's amazing uh, winning his coach in the country and uh, just a phenomenal guy. And I sat down just to talk leadership with him and, uh, and uh, did, did, just to to get his perspective from a sports standpoint and, and uh, always looking at how that relates in the life of a church. And so I asked him this question. I said, you know, when you look at all of the athletes that are on your team, what, what's the most important position that, that you have to focus on um, as a coach in order to make you successful? Because he, he's got like 90 plus students on the team. That's a lot of, of students. I don't know what he had this year, but at that time he had close to 90 kids. And so how, how do you do that? And he said, his response Naturally, if you know football, you would think he would say, well, the quarterback and the running back, these are the, most two, the two most important, blah, blah, blah. And, and definitely rightly so in some of those positions. But his response before he even got to that was, he said, you know, Trent, every single person, all 90 plus students on the team have to do their part for us to be successful. If the guy who doesn't get any playing time isn't doing his part in practice, that means he's not making the starters better. And if the coaches aren't giving their best effort during practice, then on, we're, we're not going to be ready on game day. And he began to give me examples of that. And, and at the end of the day, I thought, man, that is, that is exactly what God says about his church. Every ministry is important. Every single person who is a follower of Jesus Christ has a unique set of gifts and when he or she is using them, and I'm using mine, and together we are using them, we are so much more effective in our community. And I truly believe as a result of, of this church doing that, um, it, it's, it's a big reason of, of why God is blessed as he's blessed this year. So we've got to understand we need each other to grow. And then finally, what we see here in verse 6 is that we've got to practice that gift. When we know what that gift is, we naturally have to use it. We have to practice it. Verse 6 Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. I love it when the Bible is simple. <laughs> let us use our gifts. If it's teaching, teach. You know, if it's leading, lead with zeal, lead with passion, he says. If it's, if it's uh, in giving or contributing, be generous in that. Whatever it is, if it's ministry, he says, he says do it with, with cheer, uh, cheerfulness. And so, Whatever that giftedness is, when we understand that, we do it to the best of our ability. Um, this is huge. I, I really feel like um, God expects us to understand what our gifts are. And I do think that God expects us as a believer to begin to use them for his glory in his church. And, and I think we've seen that over the last five years of our church. Remember, our church is five and a half years old. So we've seen the growth. We've seen some great things. And and I think that in large part, the reason why we've grown is, is just we have some great volunteers who love the Lord and want to see lives impacted 
with the gospel of Jesus. And so I think that's been uh, everything that we're, we're talking about. I think our church is, is tracking with and, and, and is growing in. I, I was putting together um, some, some information, I guess, over the last couple of weeks. And as I was thinking about today, I, I, was, I was going through uh, 2012, 2013 uh, January sermons that I had preached at that time because I usually kind of uh, look back at the year and share some growth and share some numbers and that kind of thing at this time. And, and um, it was really interesting to see some of the things that were happening last year and years prior. Um, at the beginning of, of this year, uh, a truck ran through our building, if you remember that. Um, literally, like a truck ran through the church. And so that was the week of Christmas. Uh, surprise, that was awesome. Um, but really, God used it for um, our good. He, he, he did a lot of great things as a result of that. And thankfully, nobody was injured. But I started back in 2012 and just began to look at some of the numbers. And it was interesting to see how awesome that year was and, and how God had blessed and some of the things I was excited about I was sharing. And one of those was that we had bought this building in 11. And so we were celebrating one, almost one year of being in the building. And so I was just so excited. This side of the, of the facility was still bowling alley. So we were meeting on the other side where Kid Street is. And, and um, we, we were just excited to have a home, you know, at that time. We were excited because on one Wednesday night that year, uh, there were 100 students that gathered for a DOXA uh, student event. And so we were so pumped that one, you know, 100 kids showed up that night and, and uh, we were excited about that. Uh, we were excited that our church had grown by 46% that year. We got this building and instantly our church just grew and, and uh, just blew up. And so we were, we were pumped and I saw these numbers in and, and, and 12 and I was like, man, this is amazing. You know, is this, is this gonna continue or, or are we, you know, how, how is this gonna change? Is it gonna change? Remember in 2012, I was pumped because we sent our first mission trip to Haiti. You know, we've gone on several trips since, but that was our first one and we were so excited uh, that we had grown in that year. Financially, we grew. We grew by, by 75% and grew in our giving that year. I mean, that number is an amazing number from a church uh, standpoint. I, I mean, think about it in your own business. Whatever, you know, you made in your business this year, some of you own your own business. If you grew by 75%, you know, financially next year, you'd be a happy camper, you know? And so, so we were celebrating that number and I was like, man, how, how in the world is this possible? God is really doing this. We were... In this building, we had so many needs. So many things need to change. We needed to renovate so many areas and we just didn't have money to do it. Um, I mean, we were, we were just, you know, kind of living by our budgets. Things were really tight. And so we just started to pray as a staff. There were three of us at that time, me, James, and, and Greg. And we were just praying. Um, you know, God would just bless us financially because we had some big things that, that needed to happen in the building and, and even staff-wise. And uh, as we prayed, we were just asking that God would bless us financially in a big way. Um, it was about... Um, six to eight weeks later, one of our partners gave us a $100,000 check and we were floored. We were blown away um, that, that that would happen. Now you would think that pastors wouldn't be surprised when God answers prayer, but we were. We were just blown away that God was doing. It was just confirmation that this is unique. This is a special place. Like God really has his hand upon this church. Uh, I remember we also... Um, we're, we're celebrating the, the, the year later in 2013 because we had dedicated this auditorium. So in 2013 on Easter, we, we met in this room for the first time. So that was a big day for us. We were so happy to finally have a, like a real auditorium. It wasn't a, a gym at a school and it wasn't a, a makeshift little 
arcade area, you know, in a building in a corner. It was a, like a legit auditorium. So we were pumped, you know. Six months later, we, we went from one service to two services. And so we were pumped about that. And um, kind of looking at our growth in 2013, we, we grew by 44% in our attendance. And so, again, I looked at those numbers. I was so excited to share those. And I looked at 2014 over the last couple of weeks as we were finalizing all this. And every single number from this year has blown every other number we've ever had out of the water. It, it is blown my mind to see this on paper uh, for the first time um, a, a week or so ago. Uh, now remember this, keep this in perspective. 80% of churches in the country are declining or, or dying. Um, they say that, uh, George Barnard says that you have to grow at least over 5% to be considered a growing church um, because of people moving in and moving out and babies and death and all that kind of stuff. And so um, there's kind of a wash there of 5%. And then we also see in, uh, from the North American Mission Board that the average church plant will grow at 16% that first year. And so that kind of makes sense because when you start a church with 20 people or 50 people and two families show up one Sunday, you just grew by 20%, you know? And it's like 10 people, but it's 20%. The percentage looks good. Um, and so I say that to keep that in perspective because we're not talking about 20 people. We're talking about hundreds of people now um, when we look at our, our church this year. And so let, let me give you a few things that I, I think are, are, are huge for our church. First off, let's just start with attendance. So with attendance this year compared to last year, we've grown by 78%. That's incredible. Um, blown any other uh, number percentage-wise we've had um, ever in the existence of our church. Uh, we're averaging right under 850, about 840 people a Sunday um, in three services. That's incredible. Our highest attendance Sunday was on Easter this past year in 2014. I was hoping for 1,000 people. That day we had 1,250 people in three services. I was blown away. Um, I was blown away. For the second year now, in a, well, every year our small group ministry has, has grown and, and, and has doubled. But this year, I, it more than doubled. Um, and so... Uh, I was excited last year uh, with, with 40-something percent growth. Uh, this year, uh, we've seen 116% growth in the number of small groups that we've started. Um, in the number of people that are involved in small groups, uh, that number has jumped by 100% as well. Um, we currently have over 350 people in small groups, which is, is amazing. Um, now, we average 850, so there is a big gap there, but you got to know, when you grow um, by 75% on a Sunday morning, it's going to take a while for your connection, your small group ministries to catch up uh, to that phenomenal growth. And so uh, we think that that year is, is this year. But even so, to grow by 100% in one year um, in the connections of small group is amazing. I think a lot of that is obviously in part to, to Pastor Brand and his involvement and leadership in our small group ministries doing an awesome job. Our baptisms are, have definitely grown this year by 13%. We baptized almost 70 people uh, in 2014, which is awesome to see life change happen. And um, not just people accepting Christ, but actually following through in baptism. So that's a huge number that, that we look to as, as God working and excited about that. Excited that our, our, our partnerships have grown by 27%. So we're just over 700 partners as a church now. Uh, which is, is, is phenomenal compared to how many people are attending and, and uh, base camp is working well for us. People have to uh, really understand who we are and where we're going before they even join our church. And, and so that's been an incredible thing. Our Mother's Day Out ministry, which some of you probably don't know much about, uh, it's, it's grown by 100% as well. It, it more than doubled this year. And so um, 
I think what's awesome about our Mother's Day Out ministry is that at the beginning of this year in the fall, there were a little over 70% of the families that were bringing their kids to that ministry did not attend church. So for the last semester and all year, we've had the opportunity through our teachers and our director and just being able to see them and, and, and have them in our facility, um, we've been able to show them the love of Christ. Now, many of them have actually come since and been connected to our church as a result. Um, but, but it's been a phenomenal ministry to be able to be a part of and to see um, lives begin to, to, to change just because we're meeting a need in our city, being intentional about connecting them to our church. Our family ministry has exploded this year. One of the biggest things that we did structurally as an organization is that we made uh, Pastor Greg our family pastor. And so instead of just over one aspect like kids or students, he's over birth through college. And so we have uh, reports, um, uh, direct reports that report to him and that um, are, are, are leading in each of these areas. But as a result of that structure, I think under his leadership, we've seen some amazing growth as well. For instance, our Kids Street ministry, that's, that's um, uh, all of our kids that are now in Kids Street or Little Street. It's grown by almost 25% this year. So any given Sunday, there's 220, 30 kids involved in our kids ministry. So that means that there's a lot of kids in our church. It means there's a lot of young families in our church, which is a good thing. I think a lot of young families have been drawn to our church over the last year, especially uh, we were able to take our first trip to uh, a kids camp this year. So we took a, a group of kids to kids camp, which was a great week um, for them. We, we had Summer Quest, which is our version of uh, Vacation Bible School. Uh, it's a three-day week uh, that we do um, every June and uh, reaching a ton of people. We had 100 volunteers and uh, almost 200 kids involved in that week. And so it was just a great, awesome week. Saw a lot of kids accept Christ. And of course, a lot of community people are involved in that week. And so uh, family ministry has, has grown significantly. Now, probably out of all the family ministry stuff, this is the most exciting. So people volunteering in our family ministries and our kids' ministries this year grew by 200%. 200%. To me, that's incredible. What that tells me as a, as a leader is that there's a group of people in our church that aren't just here to sit and consume, but they're here and they want to invest in the next generation. Some, some way, somehow, a group got it this year. And so now there's, there's, there's over 150 adults that are serving in our family kids' ministries every Sunday. Man, that is, that is an incredible statistic uh, to celebrate. Our student ministry has grown leaps and bounds as well. I mean, you've heard us talk about it. Uh, we were able to hire uh, Landon Reynolds. He just got married, by the way, and uh, be back this week from his honeymoon. But the addition of him and working with Greg, our student ministry is just becoming that church in the city where when, when kids decide to go to a church on a Wednesday night, Foothills is in their conversation because it's just that kind of environment here. If you've never seen it, you should, you should just check it out one night just to see the excitement and energy. One night, just a few weeks ago, there were 250 kids in the room. It's incredible. One week they did a, a dodgeball tournament. They've done this the last couple of years. Anybody involved in dodgeball, by the way, that, that served? A lot, a lot of people had to serve and um, a lot of volunteers for that night. Almost 600 people showed up, whether serving as a volunteer or coming as a student to play in this tournament. Now, I have to ask myself the question, who cares about dodgeball that much that that many people would show up? 
Well, I don't really care. If that many kids show up um, and allow us to connect with them, that's an awesome event. That's an awesome thing. Uh, never knew so many people cared about it. Um, but, but encouraging numbers, encouraging things uh, to see. 31 students accepted Christ so far. I mean, that's incredible. 31 teenagers accepting Christ in a church our size. That, that, that's an incredible number. Um, not everybody gets to celebrate that. Uh, we celebrated our marriage conference again. A great opportunities coming up in February again. But uh, we had 70 couples here uh, this past year. So it was a great event. Great life-changing things taking place. And excited about February as well to take place. Our family ministry has grown leaps and bounds. Now when I look at our giving growth. And I mentioned earlier numbers of 75% in 2012. How awesome is that? Surely we'll never beat that number again because it's just so incredible. Well, we blew it out of the water this year. Um, this year, our increase financially was over 100% growth. 100% growth. Are you kidding me? You gave half a million dollars last year. This year, well over a million dollars. I mean, it's just, it's just phenomenal financial growth. That doesn't even include our, our Christmas offering, Generosity Sunday, and all the invest giving that's been given. When you look at that, it's well over 100% increase. So, what we did last year, beginning in January, was a sermon series called Live Like That. And after we were able to, to, to share some of the statistics and, and really teach what biblical uh, financial stewardship looks like, um, many of you started giving for the first time and it totally transformed our church. Um, as a result of that, we were able to hire six different staff members. Now before that, there were three pastors. Just last year, three pastors for a church that was running well at that time, uh, you know, close to 500, not, not quite that, about 470. And so there were three of us. And, and so being able to hire six folks this year has been incredible. Two part-time and uh, many of that media, some of that student, and as, as I mentioned, some of that facility. Um, but, but it's totally transformed our staff and our church. And maybe you haven't felt it, but my wife has, has, has felt the change. <laughs> um, I think our, the, the other staff wives have, have felt that change. And so it's been a very healthy and, and amazing thing for our church. And uh, we've got two more hires that we're going to do in January, a Kid Street director and a hospitality uh, director that's going to begin in January. And so, again, all of this taking place over really the last two or three months, um, these hires have taken place. And so I think that over the next year, you will begin to feel that and experience that. If you're a small group leader, you've already experienced it. If you're in family ministry, you've experienced it. But all of us, I think, will this year. Um, I think that um, as a result of, of, of this giving, not only has our staff grown, but, but we've also really, we've, we've really seen you know, people being called into ministry, which is a big deal for us as well. Not, not just you know, people that say, I'm going to go into ministry and never do it, but we've got over 10 people that have said, yeah, we're, I'm, God's calling me into ministry. Many of those are students that are still in school and kind of working towards that. Uh, but there were two men that were called into ministry that were in secular jobs, um, and, and they quit their jobs and um, you know, trusted God. And um, we feel like over the course of time, God's led us to, to, to allow and, and to coordinate together. And, and uh, we, we are able to hire them this year. And so we hired one of these guys, Lance Irwin, who went into ministry Maroon Church. He's our director of communication now. He started just a few weeks ago. And uh, Jason Butler, who starts in January, is our director of hospitality. I Many of you guys know him already. He's been serving for a while. And um, so he, he'll start this January. So it's a big deal 
when people from our own church are called into ministry and then we're able to hire them. And, and, and so the equipping, the training, and now they're being able to pour and invest back in. It's just a very, very healthy, awesome uh, thing for our church. Obviously, this year we moved into three services, and so that's allowed us to grow, um, creating space, and, and, and really parking has been a, an issue. Going to three services has alleviated a lot of that, and so uh, we've created some space to continue to grow in 2015. Obviously, we want a, a, an auditorium so that we don't have to do three services, uh, but for the meantime, it's allowing us to continue to grow. This year, we also had a first where we... Um, uh, recorded our first live worship album. And so we're pumped about getting that completed and giving that to you guys so that you can share it with the community and use that as a tool just to connect with folks in the community. Great night of worship, excited about that. And then finally, for those of you that care, we, we gave away 21,000 cups of coffee this year. So from the cafe, lots of coffee drinkers. <clears throat> I shared all those statistics in the second service and didn't get any claps, but I got a clap for the coffee. It was the funniest thing. As you can see, God, God's been doing some good things. Now, you know, I share all these numbers with you because you're my people. You know, we're family. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not driven by numbers. You know, I was raised in a mega church, so numbers were never really, um, I went through a season where they did, but for the longest time, I, they don't really do anything for me. As a matter of fact, every denomination will report their numbers um, to uh, their denomination or even non-denominational church report their number to different organizations and they compare and they have lists. And um, I have people tell me all the time when they hear th this kind of thing, man, you've got to be one of the fastest growing churches in Tennessee. You might even be on the list across the country. You've got to report. You've got it. And honestly, we've never reported because I don't care. I'm not driven by that. Um, uh, maybe they will in the future. I don't know. But right now, the, the point, the reason why I'm sharing this is because every single number represents a life. Every single number represents a life that's been changed. And so um, it, it, it's important for us to see what God is doing so that we can, be, we can celebrate what he's done because so often all we want to look at is the here and now and sometimes we, we tend to be negative as a people and, and we look at all the negative things that are happening. We don't really take the time to see what God really is doing around us and the tangible evidence um, around us. And, and so that's why I share this stuff that but you should be excited that you are a part of something. I'm a part of something that is much bigger than me. Um, I'm a part of something that is very unique and special. And uh, the reality is I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think the best is yet to come for our church and for you as a family and for your family that aren't here. Uh, there's people at home sleeping in today um, that are gonna be transformed this year because of this church and because of your efforts. And that's what wakes me up in the morning. Um, statistics, percentages, that doesn't get me going. But, but, but hearing the, a, a testimony, a story of somebody's life changing, that's what does it. Um, that's why I get up every day and I'm privileged to be a part of this church. With that said, I wanna give you five concerns that I have as we look towards 2015 um, because there are some concerns that I have as, as, as the leader. And one of the concerns that I have is that we, we've got some leaders who aren't leading. We've got a lot of very talented, qualified uh, leaders that are sitting in this room right now who aren't leading anything. Uh, you're leading well at home. You, you might be leading well in your organization. Uh, business is going great. Things are going well. Uh, but as far as ministry, you aren't leading anything. 
Um, and I think it's a, it's, it's a tragedy to the Holy Spirit of God that he would bless you with the gift of leadership and you would use it only for your personal gain and not for the growth and gain of the kingdom of God. And so for us to continue to become the church that God wants us to become and for you to become the man that God wants you to become, the woman that he's called you to become, you've got to step into some leadership roles. And obviously you're going you're gonna to lean to, I'm not good at anything, I'm not talented enough. And of course we've already seen in our scripture, that's ridiculous. Um, we want to understand what those giftedness are and, and I'm going to challenge you to serve in ways that you've never served this year so that we can accomplish what God has for us to accomplish. The second, well, actually, to help with that, um, a couple of things that we've done, um, training leaders. Uh, first off is our pastors and training course that I'm teaching now, taking a group of six, seven guys through it right now, uh, all to help them become pastors, shepherds, potentially elders in our church, but mainly because they want to grow as leaders. And so we meet on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. And, and we go through some, some deep, heavy stuff and it's been phenomenal. And so I wanna encourage some of, you, some of you men need to be a part of that group that, that I'll start again in August and uh, begin to pray about that and think about that. If, 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 if taking that deeper step in your walk with Christ is on your heart, uh, that's an opportunity for you to take advantage of. But then secondly, we've kind of reworked our journey strategy the journey is what we call our discipleship strategy and, and uh, base camp is the first step. It's how you learn about our vision, our mission, um, what, uh, what, we're, what our plans are, what we believe, all that great stuff. You've got to go through that course in order to be a partner at our church. And so um, that, that's not changing. Uh, what's changing is camp two. Camp two is, is, is now moving to uh, the design packet. So in base camp, everyone receives the packet, uh, God's design for ministry. And so what that's going to take you through is your personality, your giftedness, um, everything in, as far as your past experiences. And it's going to combine all of those things and help you discover what your purpose in life is and, and what ministries you should be a part of and, and who you are and uh, what your spiritual gifts are. And, and so you, you take that from base camp, fill it out. Camp two is the class where you'll come back, we'll talk more about how to use your gifts, and then we'll talk specifically about um, how to interpret some of the things that you discovered in that packet. Then camp three is our third step in that process, which will be um, courses that we're going to begin to teach every month uh, beginning this spring um, in March, April, and May. They're going to be directly focused on some of the most key and fundamental things as it relates to you know, growing in your faith. And so uh, first off, in March, we'll, I'll teach a class entitled How to Determine God's Will. So how, how do you determine God's will? Very basic things that we all have to understand. How to study the Bible um, in May or in April. Uh, I hear so many times people say, I would read my Bible, I just don't understand it, I just don't know how to do it. And so that course will focus on how to handle, um, uh, how to study the Bible. And then finally, how to handle conflict. Um, so in May, we'll talk about that because so often in the church, I think one of the biggest hindrances to growth and, and personal growth, if not church growth, is the fact that we don't know how to handle conflicts and we get our feelings hurt and we get mad and bitter and, and check out emotionally. And so how do you deal with that? So those are ways that you'll be able to grow as a leader in the coming days. So leaders who aren't leading. My second concern is starting new small groups. Um, I think that's one of the keys for our church. Obviously, it's part of our mission um, it's part of our vision here, but, but starting new groups is important. And so what that means for some of you, you're not in a group, you're gonna get an, in a group this year. Some of you aren't leading a group, this kind of relates to number one, you're, we're gonna ask you to lead um, and challenge you to do so. Um, some of you are in a group and there's at least 18, 19, 20 people in your group and you need to branch your group. And uh, I think that's 
one of the things that we're running into right now. We've got larger groups, people love each other, and I get all the relational stuff and the fun and how that's awesome. But at the same time, if your group is at least 18 people, uh, there are people in your group whose needs aren't being met. And you can't add anybody into that group whose needs will be met in the future. So something needs to change. We need to model the life of Jesus. Jesus taught, trained people, and then he sent them out to do ministry. And so that's our model as a small group. You get to that level where you, you know, you've got the 15, 16, 18 people in your group. And as a leader, I want to send out a couple, if not two or three couples with them to start a new group. Send them out so that they can meet needs um, in, in, in other people's lives. And, and so we're not breaking up current groups, but we're sending out missionary groups to start these things. And it's very necessary if we're going to continue to meet needs in this city. Starting new groups is a big deal. My third concern is our first and our third service. Um, so you guys don't have to feel the weight of this, um, this portion of the sermon uh, like the second service did because you guys are awesome. You're in the third service. This is a great place to be. Uh, but our tension right now is our, our second service is slammed. And so there's not elbow room, there's not growing space like there is in this service and in the first service. And so I asked them to commit to either go to the first service or the third service. Um, statistically, um, a large percentage of our first-time guests will come to the second service. And the reason is because it's a convenient time. It's not too early, it's not too late. It's why some of you kind of fluctuate between the second and the third. And so I understand that. But as we grow further, what I, what I have to ask you is to not go to the second uh, to stay in this one. This one is good. This one is great. Doesn't it feel good to be here in the third service? Yes. <laughs> and and that, that's important for our growth because we do need space for people to grow and, and for people to come. But if there's not empty seats for them to sit in, um, obviously we're, we're doing them a disservice. Uh, first and third service has to grow. Fourthly, parking is an issue. Um, we have not been blessed with a facility that has a ton of parking. And so we park in the grass here. Um, we will park anywhere. You're not going to get a ticket for parking uh, here at FC, um, by the way. So when you come here, uh, one of the things, just from a hospitality standpoint that we've done, in the front row, uh, we have several signs. There's about eight parking spots there. And there's a big sign that says, first time guest parking. You know who those people are for? What, what that sign is for? First time guest. And so I, I realize that sometimes you, on your first pass, you don't find a spot and that first time guest parking spot looks very tempting and, and, and some of you are using that. Please don't do that. Um, from a hospitality standpoint, um, those are for first time guests. We wanna share that. The best is for them. Um, secondly, I wanna encourage you to find the worst spot on the campus and park there. I'm not joking. <clears throat> You know, it, it ought to be a challenge to the men in this room to drop your beautiful wife off and, and your kids and go find the worst parking spot on the campus. Park in the grass. There's a grass lot back here, over here, and then there's a grass lot over here. Why? Again, it's a hospitality issue. We want our guests and we want uh, people who are handicapped. We want uh, some of our senior citizens. We want moms who have, you know, preschoolers, single moms. We want those people to have the best. We want our guests to have the best. If you're physically able, you should park as far away as you possibly can and see it as a badge of honor every Sunday you're serving Jesus when you park in the grass. 
Number five, and this is the biggest, I think, um, my biggest concern and, and, the, and the biggest thing I think that we have to change this year and do is, is our facility, our land, our auditorium, that, that whole ball of wax there. And so on Generosity Sunday, as I mentioned, uh, two, over $230,000 given on that Sunday alone. That was incredible. And you guys have continued to give every week, every month, however you've committed. We've got to continue to see that so that we, we, don't, we don't balk at that, that calling that God has called us to do. Over the next three years, there have been over $820,000 committed. And so with that, we, we are able to move forward. Without that, we, we don't even get to talk about it. But now we at least get to talk about it. And if you're not a part of Invest, if you've not uh, made a commitment, if you're not giving towards that, um, I want to encourage you to go to our website. Uh, watch all the sermons that we had on that. I think they're all audio. I'm not sure if we've got it on video or not. But listen to those things. Um, uh, begin to catch the vision for what God is doing here. And see that every person is so vital in participating in this. Um, as, we, as we've been planning, as we've been thinking through this, some, some things have caused us to kind of slow down the holidays, obviously, and some survey work has slowed down and architectural work has kind of slowed us down. And so um, we're, we're, we're continuing to pursue that. But here's what I do know. I do know that the banks are good to go for us to pursue whatever, whatever it is we want to pursue. Um, and then I also know that the current... Um, building that we believe we need um, will not allow us to have enough parking on this campus, uh, which means for us to do it right, to do it the way that we need to, we're going to have to expand uh, our property in some way um, so that we can have more parking. And so we're getting creative on, on what that could look like around us. Um, and, then, and then also uh, potentially even buying you know, more land. Uh, all that to say, uh, we need you to pray that God opens up the right opportunities for us and, and we step into the right places um, that he's calling us to. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to do something halfway. If you know me, I don't do anything halfway. I'll lay on the couch before I'll do it halfway. Um, we, we go all in and we do it the way we, we need it to be done so that in 15 years from now, we can say we did what we were supposed to do and, and we're not kicking ourselves in the rear saying, man, I wish we would have trusted God. No, we've got to do it right. And so if that means we slow down, we'll slow down. Um, if that means we, we dig in deeper, we'll dig in deeper. Um, and, and so we're pursuing what that looks like. And, and uh, I think over the next two months, I'll know for certain uh, what, what, what we're going to be able to do. Uh, but I do encourage you to continue to give. Uh, I encourage you to continue to pray about how God is going to provide for us so that we can, we can do this. I really believe this spring, this summer, we can still break ground. I mean, I want to be over there with a shovel and a hard hat digging a hole um, for, for a building uh, for our church because I think it's key to our growth. Um, I met with a guy a couple weeks ago, um, <clears throat> a pastor that he was a part of one of the fastest growing churches in the country at one point and um, just very knowledgeable. He's a really, really, really fantastic guy. And he asked me when he heard all of this stuff, he said, what's What's the reason for the spikes? What's the reason for the growth? And, um, you know, we talk back and forth about different things. And, and I said, you know what? The very foundation, the reason why I think this is happening here, and, and it's very unusual, is first off, it's the grace of God. I mean, obviously, this is God's hand moving. This is God doing this. Not any one person, not any, any one ministry. It, it's the grace of God. And what I think God is using the most is that all of our ministries, our staff included, is, is rallied around one common vision, one common goal, and that is 
to develop mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. It's that simple. The more I focus on, on building relationships and helping other guys grow, the more he grows the church. The more I can encourage other people to do the same, the more God blesses. And I, I, don't, I don't think I should be surprised by it. And I don't think you should either because when we read the Bible, we're just doing what Jesus told us to do. We're just modeling his model of ministry. And so as we continue to press forward, there's not gonna be any new gimmicks. There's not gonna be any, you know, you know, whimsical idea that's gonna change anything. It's gonna be the same thing. And that same thing is developing disciples in relational environments. The only thing that's gonna be different is the power of God moving through us, doing incredible things, opening up new opportunities, challenging us in ways we never dreamed possible, changing your marriage, saving your kids, transforming this city. Those are the things that are gonna continue to blow our minds and we're gonna be able to sit back and say, you know what, I was a part of that. It's a part of something very unique and special in the life of this really, really young church. And um, I wanna encourage you to continue to press on, continue to dive in deeper, um, continue to pursue the calling that God has on your life. And, and I know that next year when we look at these numbers, I'm praying, I, I laugh because we've blown these numbers out of the water because I truly believe the best is yet to come. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we bow before you and we are thankful to be a part of a church that is growing like it is, that's meeting needs like it is, that's changing lives like it is. And we don't wanna take that for granted. Lord, too often we, we like to focus on things that aren't right or the negative parts of our life. And we don't take inventory of the blessings and the power that we are currently experiencing. And that's what we wanna focus on today. Help us to leave here encouraged that, man, you are doing something incredible here. That's something I've never been a part of. And, and, and I can't talk about it enough. Lord, we, we ask that you would excite us. We ask for more of your grace, more of your strength, more of your guidance, more of your leadership, that we could even do more. We could accomplish even greater things. God, continue to keep us on the right path. Continue to keep us focused on making disciples, God. We wanna honor you with our life and the time that you've given us. And Lord, we know that you're gonna do it through our faithfulness, through cooperating with your spirit. God, we're gonna see incredible things. And so we leave here excited, Lord, and we're, we're grateful. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus, amen. God bless you guys. We will see you next Sunday, 10 a.m., the Clayton Center at Maryville College. Do not miss it. Invite some folks. We can't wait to see you there. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at